God is good. Amen? Amen. Happy Mother's Day once again. It's been a day where we've celebrated in many different ways. We're going to celebrate some more by remembering a little bit more as we open God's Word. We take a one-week one week break from our study in Exodus. If you would, turn in your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you want to use that pew Bible right there in front of you, you can go ahead and turn to page 310. That Bible matches exactly the Bible that I use to preach in, 310. Talk about 1 Samuel. Now, as you're getting there, there, as I've said, today is Mother's Day. We've said that a number of times. I wanted to stop. I didn't mention in the welcome, but um, I wanted to thank a number of our men. I think that there are 13 men keeping the nursery right now. You should be very afraid. No. <laughs> they are doing a great job. We make it a tradition here. Every Mother's Day, no moms, no ladies in the nursery. We try to make that happen, and they're doing a great job. But what we found out is when you take seven women out of the nursery, you have to put at least 13 men in there. <laughs> but we have 13 men in there right now, and I am thankful for their service today and uh, the way they're allowing all moms to be in the service today. I thought you might enjoy a listing of some things that our mothers have taught us. I guess more specifically, I'm making a listing of things that my mother taught me. My mother taught me logic. She said, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. <laughs> as well as she said, if someone else jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? So she taught me logic. My mother taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts your toes off, don't come running to me. She taught me genetics. You are just like your father. My mother taught me about anticipation. She said, you just wait till your father gets home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when I get you home. My mother taught me about religion. She said, you better pray that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until all that roast beef is gone. Now, I don't know, that brings back horrible memories for me because roast beef, as you eat it as a child, it gets bigger and bigger. Maybe it was just me, okay. My mother taught me about the circle of life. She said, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. And perhaps my all-time favorite thing that my mother taught me was justice, justice. She said, one day you will have kids and I hope they turn out to be just like you. <laughs> then you'll see what it's like. I can't wait. You know, there are many things that our mothers have taught us and I pray today that you will take time to remember some of those things that your mother taught you, whether they try to be funny or whether they are absolutely life-altering things that your mother has taught you, and I pray that you will connect today if you have that opportunity to do so. Um, this morning, we're going to take a quick look at a mother from Scripture. First Samuel chapter 1, we're going to talk about a mother named Hannah, and there are some important things that Hannah, as a godly mother, can teach us on this Mother's Day. If we were able to sit down with Hannah and ask her for advice on being a godly mother, about her testimony, about her story, about her walk with God, Hannah might say some of the following things to us that we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. Now, this morning, we're not going to stand and read 
a large passage of Scripture. We're going to walk through and hit bits and pieces of 1 Samuel chapter 1 together. So if you've got your Scripture, but look at verse 10. And it says, and she, that would be Hannah, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Hannah would tell us to bring our burdens to the Lord. You see, Hannah was a woman, the Scripture teaches, had a burden. She was one of two wives of a man named Elkanah. The other wife was named Peninnah, Scripture teaches us. And Peninnah had children. And Scripture tells us that Hannah did not have any children. Not having children was a burden to Hannah. Verse 10 said that that burden was so great that she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. You see, in the Jewish culture, not having children was seen as a symbol of God's displeasure. Hannah was brokenhearted and disappointed. She desperately wanted children, but had not yet to this day been able to have any. And what made her situation worse, if you read 1 Samuel chapter 1, is that Peninnah and the children that she had, she kept bragging and she made a big deal of it over Hannah every year when they made this journey to Shiloh, this annual religious journey that they took. Verse 7 says, so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. That would be Peninnah provoked Hannah. Therefore, she, Hannah, wept and did not eat. What should have been a joyful and worshipful occasion each year was just a sorrowful event for Hannah. And you know, for some, Mother's Day is a painful reminder of that which has been lost. And sometimes it's a painful reminder of that which has never been. But I want to remind you as we read Scripture that we're not just talking about moms, Because when we open up God's word, we're talking about the truth that God has for every single one of us. And so while we're using a mom as our example, God is speaking to each of us. And one of the things that he would want you to know right now is that you are loved. You're loved right where you are, right with what you're going through, the exact circumstances and situations. Because see, what Hannah did is she knew that God loved her and Hannah took her burden to the Lord. She brought it before him. Verse 10, we've read, said that she prayed to the Lord. Verses 15 and 16 tell us a little bit more about that prayer. It says she took her sorrow, her complaint, and her grief to God. She brought her burden to the only one who can give her any relief. She brought her burden to the Lord, and we should as well. Scripture teaches us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. A couple things. Did you catch that? God cares for you. He loves you. And he's not put off by your burden. You're not bothering him. When you come before him with however you feel, he welcomes you. He desires you to come before him. And Hannah did that. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whatever your burden is today, God knows what it is. Whatever your burden is today, God knows that you cannot bear it alone. And whatever your burden is today, Jesus wants to be your burden bearer. You see, Jesus said that, 
He wants to exchange burdens with us or yokes with us. And he says that his is easy. You see, we can't handle ours. And Jesus says, let me take it. And you take mine. You're going, what what is Jesus' yoke? Well, Jesus came and he said, my purpose is to do the will of the Father. And Jesus says, if you will take on my purpose, my yoke, my burden, do what the Father says, I can take care of everything else in your life. We are to give our burden to Christ and to take his burden, doing the will of the Father on ourselves. You see, his burden is manageable. Psalm chapter 55, verse 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So church, whatever your burden is today, God wants you to trust him. God wants you to give it to him. That's his will for you and your life today. Now, sometimes men, women, you're going to may amen in this moment, and it'd be appropriate thing, it's okay, but sometimes men do not understand the special burdens that women bear. Not a one. You are some of the best women I have seen. But men don't always understand. You see, Elkanah loved his wife, Scripture teaches in chapter 1, and he tried to help her with her grief and her sorrow. Verse 5 says that he gave her a double portion. He asked her why she grieved and tried himself, verse 8 says, to be enough for her. He says, am I not better to you than 10 sons? You see, he tried to make things special for her, to make up for her emptiness, for her burden. But only God, only God, church, can bear the burden of our life. And Hannah would tell you today, if we could talk to her, bring your burden to the Lord. Whatever it is, bring it to the Lord. Now, something else Hannah might say to us is that we need to dedicate your children to the Lord. You see, as you read chapter one, you will find that Hannah poured herself out to God and she made a vow to God. We find it in verse 11. Verse 11 says, then she made a vow and so, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. She made a commitment. We're also told that in verses 19 and 20 that the Lord honored her request. Verses 19 and 20, we're told that the Lord remembered Hannah, and she conceived a child and gave birth to a son, and his name was Samuel. So now Hannah made good on her script, on her commitment. Look at verses 26 to 28. It says, and she said, oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition when, which I asked of him. Therefore, I have also lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. Did you notice that she committed her child to the Lord. That's a wonderful thing. But church, let me tell you, it's not a one-time thing. Young families who's just dedicated their children up here, they did this forever. On May 9th, 2021, you could say, yes, we did a parent-child dedication at First Baptist Church on Mother's Day. We did that, and all the family was there. And You can go to YouTube and see, and you can go to Facebook and see, we've got pictures of it. But that's a one-time thing. I want to remind us now that 
As scripture said, Hannah just didn't make her commitment to the Lord a one-time thing. See, if we look in chapter 2, verses 18 and 19, it says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Listen at this. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Not only did she commit her child to the Lord, as she promised in the beginning, she continually left him before the Lord, trusted him to the Lord. It's not a one-time commitment. It's an everyday commitment. Just like parenting, it's not a one-time commitment. It's a full-time commitment. See, I know that there are, there are children in here, and then there are parents, and then there are grandparents, and then there are great-grandparents in this room. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'm finding it true being a father and a grandfather as well. You know, you never get to stop parenting. Never. Now, your parents, they're going to hesitate looking at you, and you're going to hesitate looking at them, but right now, they're still parenting you. You're going, but I'm grown, I'm married, I got my own job, got my own kids. Yeah, but your parents still have a burden, a commitment, and they want to live before you and be parents. So it's not enough to just commit your child to the Lord in that moment. You need to continually, as Hannah did, commit your way, your child, unto the Lord. What commitments have you made before the Lord? If you're married, you've made a commitment to your marriage and it must be dedicated to the Lord. If you have children, you've made a commitment, like these young families this morning, to raising your child in the ways of the Lord. If you're a Christian today, and I trust that you are, and if you are not, I would love to help you come to know Jesus's love for you. But if you're a Christian today, if you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you have made a commitment to the Lord. It maybe sounds something like this. Jesus is my Lord. He is my Savior. I will follow him all the days of my life. I will never be the same again. Are you keeping your commitments? Relationally, physically, spiritually, are you keeping your commitments? Hannah did. Now, what Hannah did in dedicating her child to the Lord is instructive to us for how we should view our children. First, it says that children are a gift from God. You see, Hannah saw Samuel as a gift from God based upon her request, her response in prayer. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Regardless of how many children you have and regardless of how old they may be this day, they are a gift from God. Amen. The second thing that Hannah can teach us about our children is that children need spiritual guidance. You see, before she committed and took Samuel to the temple, she trained him first. You're going, well, how did she do that or where did she do that? Look in verses 21 and 22. It came time for the trip. It says, now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Children need spiritual guidance. Parents need to teach their children. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. We must expose our children to the Christian faith. 
We must expose our children to our faith. We must expose our children to the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse six and seven says this. Look at all the actions we are called to do. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house you will, and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You guide a child by being the Christian example before them. Now, whether you are a mom, whether you are a dad, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an influencer in some way, shape, or form, this statement rings true. You cannot expect a child to seek the Lord if you are not. What a responsibility we have. Church, we all stood here and we committed to these young children and their families that one, we would hold them accountable and two, we would be accountable as well to live our faith. You cannot expect a child to seek the Lord if you, parents, church, are not. Hannah says, children are a gift from God. Hannah says, children need spiritual guidance. And Hannah says, one thing, the third thing, children need to be entrusted to the Lord. Did you know that your child is just on loan to you from God? Hannah knew that Samuel could only be the man God wanted him to be if he was released to the Lord. Mark chapter 10, verse 14 says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. It pleases God for us to entrust our children to him. Now, to entrust your child to the Lord does not mean that you passively parent. It doesn't mean that you parent less. I believe it actually works the opposite way. If you're going to actively do whatever is necessary to raise them in the Lord, it means you'll teach them, encourage them, introduce them to Jesus, and pray for them. Hannah was a godly mother. She would tell us today, bring your burdens to the Lord. She would tell us today, dedicate your children to the Lord. Amen?